Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast, a podcast that equips therapists to thrive in business, expand their reach, and create flourishing and meaningful lives, both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Claire Blakey. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. I believe in being a multi-passionate therapist. You can have a thriving, financially impactful business, be a leader in the community, and also a business entrepreneur. You don't have to choose, and your impact as a clinician can go beyond the therapy room. I believe that you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a therapreneur, and I believe that every therapist deserves the tools, community, and resources to build thriving businesses and flourishing lives. I pair my passion and previous career in PR, marketing, and blogging with my education and experience as a clinician to equip therapists like you who are multi-passionate and wanting to pursue additional opportunities to grow your skill set and expand your reach. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Let's create impact and build flourishing lives and businesses we're proud of. Here we go. Season two of the Flourishing Therapreneur is brought to you by Thryzer. Thryzer provides therapists with an end-to-end, out-of-network billing support for their clients. Are you in private practice and want to support clients in getting reimbursed with their super bills and other out-of-network expenses, but don't have the bandwidth to do it alone? Look no further. Thryzer submits all of your insurance claims after every appointment to get faster reimbursement for your ideal clients. And even better, they handle all denials and slowdowns so that clients don't have to stress or contact insurance at all. The riser is affordable and seamless. It's absolutely free to sign up and the processing fee is only 3%. Partnering with Thryzer is an awesome way to make your private pay practice more accessible while positively improving your client experience, thus impacting your client retention and increasing your professionalism for your private practice. Better yet, The onboarding process is seamless and it's super easy to onboard clients and get started. So what are you waiting for? Check out the link in the show notes and use the code flourish to begin your three week free trial. Hi friends. Today on our episode of the flourishing therapreneur, I wanted to take a moment and some time to really honor and process with you um, what writing a book was like as a therapist and an entrepreneur. And um, in case this is something that you're interested in, maybe one of your goals as a therapreneur is to write a book and be a published author, or maybe you're just curious what goes into that process. Um, So today on our episode, I'm going to speak into what it's like to write a book as an author, um, what it's like in terms of schedule and expectations and deadlines, Um, but also the multifaceted parts of how as an author and as a therapist and a business owner, um, how that actually looks practically. Um, And also just a little bit of my own journey and reflections in terms of things I won't miss or things that I'm surprised by um, through the process. So here we go. All right. So I wanted to do quickly a first little recap of what the book process was like and how it came about. So if you follow me on social media at at The Flourishing Therapreneur, you are probably familiar with the fact that I'm writing a book. Actually, now I can say I've submitted my manuscript um, for a book on body image. And um, if you know me even beyond this 
Instagram or this business of the flourishing therapeneur. Um, this has actually been a goal of mine for almost as long as I could remember. Um, and it's just a very meaningful full circle story. So ever since I was a little kid, I think I've always known that I've wanted to be an author. And I was actually talking to someone today about that. And they asked how long I wanted to be a therapist. And I said, I think I was about 20 when I realized I wanted to be a therapist and I'm 33 now, if that's helpful. Um, but I want to say, I think I was probably like six when I first decided I wanted to be an author. So this, this achievement, this experience, this journey is something that I'm still processing and still relishing in because it feels really meaningful and it feels like something that um, I'm really proud of in so many ways. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with inner child stuff. I am not trained in that, but I do, you know, read up on it and know a little bit about it. And there's parts of me that really um, feel honored. Like when I think back to what is it like uh, for me as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old, like if I knew at that age that I would be writing a book that's going to be in Target and Barnes and Noble and on Amazon, like I would be so shocked and like not believe that. Um, I think about me as a 16 year old and like the ways that I would blog with a website, if you're similar generation called Zanga, which is like the OG bloggers. <laughs> um, that was like something I did every single day and I loved writing. And, um, I remember telling a story to a friend too, of like, um, when I was younger, I would love writing so much that if I read a book series that I loved and it finished, and it was over, I would use notebooks um, when I would be on road trips with my family and in the backseat of the car it would be continuing the story in my notebook because I just had an imagination and I had the desire to continue sharing. Um, so that's a little bit of background about just my journey of believing in myself or really loving that creative part of writing. Um, you fast forward to my early 20s and um, now, I guess, current day, but not so much anymore. But in my um, mid-20s, I blogged for a while, which if you followed my journey for a while, you might know that. I used to be a blogger and had an audience of about 17,000. Um, and I would write like psychology and fitness related. Um, I have a background in um, PR and marketing, so I've kind of like used some of that skill set. Um, but I would write a lot about, I did marathon training. So I did fitness related blogging um, in terms of how to train for a marathon and just those kind of fun, fun, creative pieces. So this has been a part of me for a while. And actually when I launched my blog back in gosh, 2013, um, the only reason I launched a blog was because I wanted to write a book and I knew that in order to begin, you need to start practice writing. You need to um, give yourself space and time to grow an audience, to see if you're good at it, to practice. But also I'd always been told if you're going to sell a book, you need to have an audience to buy the book. And so that's something that publishers care about. Um, so that was always my goal. And if you know me in other capacities, or if you followed me for a while, you also might know that I didn't agree with the blogging model. And that's actually one of the reasons I stopped blogging, which I'm in a dreaming up phase of how to continue that process. But essentially when I started blogging, it was when bloggers were still becoming bloggers and was very much like not as prevalent as it is now. And Instagram and social media wasn't used in the way it is now. 
And so it felt very different to grow an audience. And it was at the beginning of when people started using discount codes and promos and all of that. And that really didn't resonate with me because I wrote, I blogged because I wanted to write. I didn't want uh, people to buy my clothes and copy my outfits or sell brands that I didn't believe in. Like that just did not feel congruent to me as a human. And that no judgment in terms of other people that do that route. But I knew because I was in the process of becoming a therapist and I knew that that was my career path. Like I didn't have a desire to be like some influencer. That was just not my vibe at all. I genuinely just wanted to change people's lives through what I was writing and connect with people and build meaningful relationships and friendships. And so that's really what inspired me to blog. And so I'd even said that, you know, years ago of like, please don't ever like, I would rather someone instead of using a code to buy a dress or a book or whatever, um, that they would instead buy my book, that they would instead purchase my written work. Um, and so there's just still moments I'm relishing in as I'm processing this, but, um, just really feeling proud, like feeling proud of me for sticking up for my convictions, feeling proud of the, the Claire that was 25 that decided to start a blog um, because part of that blog and that presence also influenced my ability to um, onboard with this publishing company. So I'm just proud of myself for sticking to those ethics and um, my boundaries of what I saw and the vision that I casted. All right, so let's switch gears because I feel like I'm doing a lot of reminiscing, which is important, but also you're probably listening because you want to hear about what the process was like. So um, back in December, and it's April now, but back in December, a publishing company reached out to me and they found me through my therapy website and they really wanted to learn more about me and my practice. Um, but this publishing company is different than others, where sometimes if you're submitting a traditional publication or a proposal, you spend years and years and so much time developing a proposal, fleshing out your outline, and trying to essentially pitch it to different publishing companies. But this publishing company has a different model, and so they do it based off of algorithms. And so they figure out what are people Googling, what are they looking up on Amazon, and then they... Um, they find experts on those topics to then create a book with them. So this publishing company reached out to me. I honestly thought it was a scam at first because I didn't understand why someone was messaging me on my therapy website about writing a book. Um, but it was just, yeah, after having quite a few interviews and, you know, going through the process, I was really, you know, curious. And then they flesh out a um, outline of the book and let you read it and then you submit a proposal and then you wait to see if they choose you or if they choose someone else and all of that. So um, at the end of January, they chose me and then I said yes and I signed the book um, and then I got to work. Um, so that is something that um, when I'm thinking about what this process was like, I guess a really great way to describe it, if you are a runner or if you've done a marathon or a half marathon, it felt because of the way, like I said, I didn't you know, spend years and years building this. Um, I literally got thrown into writing it. So it kind of felt like running a marathon without training is kind of a limited way of saying it. But um, like I was capable. I knew I was capable. I'd already blogged and written on some of these topics. I, my client load is all about body image and eating disorders. So it's my specialty. Um, and this book is about body image. So it felt like, oh, I'm capable. I can do this. 
And it also didn't feel like I had that spaciousness yet in my schedule. And I had to make a lot of sacrifices of my own personal um, time and care, to be honest, of um, waking up early, staying up late, saying no to hanging out, you know, not going to the gym as often as I would, like really choosing to spend my weekends writing um, and sacrificing family time and friend time and partner time and all of those things. So there was a lot of sacrifice. And I want to speak and name this too, because the heartbeat of the flourishing therapeneur is really not just to grow a flourishing business, but it's also to grow a flourishing life. And so as I share this journey of what the book writing process was, I want to preface it and say, I am not encouraging this type of lifestyle as a sustainable lifestyle. I really see it as a sprint and I see it as a short-lived season of like knowing this is heart, this is hustle, this is going to require sacrifice, but it's not a forever thing. And so it was a three-month sprint. Um, and now I'm in a season of a three-month rest, recharge, recalibration. So I can talk about that in a different episode about how I structure my business energy and time. But yes, it is not a sustainable practice. And I really had to keep checking in with myself and my values in terms of how to take care of myself and how to you know, see clients and how to write a book and how to have this other business, the flourishing therapeneur. So there was a lot of inner dialogue and having to be really conscientious of my decisions. Um, So with this process, it was a really intense deadline. Um, Every two weeks I'd have different chapters due. Um, I had an editor that I would work with consistently. I actually have a huge team of people that work on this book. There's a design team, a marketing team. There's lots of different types of editors. There's a sensitivity reader. There's a you know, someone that's in your profession that reads it. There's so many different layers to the process. Um, And I guess that was one of the first things that surprised me was like, oh my goodness, like if I ever self-publish, there's so much you have to do as a self-publisher. Like it made me really grateful for the model that this business had in terms of being so um, organized and supportive and um, them kind of helping outline the chapters and the word counts and the topics. And so with that, that was a piece that was a little bit of a struggle. It kind of felt at moments that I was, you know, in the thick of grad school writing lots and lots of papers. Um, cause it felt like each section had a certain time, um, or word count restriction. Um, so it was a lot of just needing to turn off my phone, needing to, like I said, say no, or wake up early. And really, like, I think that's the piece that I would um, speak into that I wasn't expecting is I think what I always imagined being an author would look like (laughs) is kind of silly. And maybe some people actually do this and maybe in hindsight, maybe I should have taken time off, but my life continued. I still had a full private practice. I still had my podcast and my courses. I put the course creation on pause because I wanted to be kind to myself and not be putting two creative projects out at once. So I put a pause on the course and I'll revisit that once I'm rested. But yeah, I had to really be in it and really give a lot of myself. And um, it might be different with different types of books you might write, but this one is very personal and clinical where it's about body image and like really big topics, right? Like things that a book that is the, you know, amount of pages that I wrote can't fully cover. And there's topics that I wanted to deepen, like, you know, talking more about systemic racism and different pieces that really impact body image for women. Cause that book is specifically for women that I felt limited in that I felt like I couldn't fully one speak into because of who I am as a white female, 
um, also with the restraints of what I was allowed to share, what I wasn't allowed to share in terms of word count. Um, also like the piece that I also thought about was like, you are more than an author. And what I mean by that is sometimes I've read books and been like, okay, this person, this is their opinion, but also realizing like my name is on that and it's my work and other people have given feedback. Other people have goals for it. Other people have opinions of it. And so it kind of, not that it gets diluted, but you can't judge a book, not even by its cover, but by its author. Like the author has credibility and they are the biggest piece of the book, but there's also limitations and there's also things that go unspoken. And so I've learned a lot about my values through this process, whether that's how I value my time, how I value taking care of myself, how I value creativity and speaking into things I'm passionate about. And also my value, I think it actually really highlighted how important my work as a therapist and an author and a business owner, how I really want to dig more into my anti-racist, proactive, like collaborative work. Um, It really just unearthed for me a deeper passion for that and something that I want to grow in more. I want to use my voice in more and I want to learn more and hear more people's experiences and really listen well. And so then I can also be a better advocate. So it really unearthed a lot of that for me too. Kind of in that same heartbeat, like I said, I still worked full time. I have a toddler, I have a husband, I have a dog and a cat and, you know, friends and other responsibilities. I serve on a board. So um, yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey to put writing at the forefront and to use that energy. So if you are in a spot where you're either wanting to write a book or maybe you are writing a book, um, one of the things that helped me was boundaries and boundaries in terms of trying to be strategic with when I work best. So for example, I'm more of a morning person. So I do better writing in the morning than if I saw clients and I had to write in the afternoon, that would not be good work. It would take me a lot longer to write the same thing. Um, So I started to really track what I did well and how to use my time well. Um, I also got more boundaried in terms of how I use my days. So I had clinical days and, you know, more creative days. Um, I would spend consecutive time on the weekend getting work done, but I also would follow that same model of like, I work better in the morning. So I could spend a Saturday morning from eight to noon. And at that point, my brain didn't feel like it had any more to give. So then I would then spend time with my family. And then once I was done spending time with my family and my baby went to bed, I would go back and review things. So do what makes sense for you as a human. Really honor those needs. Things that I will not miss are word counts because it felt like the death of me because I tend to find I'm more long-winded than I realize. And it's really hard to be concise when you only have like 250 words to talk about something that's really valuable, like trauma or systemic pieces or um, other influences. Um, The book is very much more of an overview and it, it has other room for it to go deeper. And I think that's hard because as a therapist, I'm good at going deep. Like that's what I specialize in. And there's a lot more layers to trauma or to body image or to parents' influence on body image or society's body image influence. So there, it was almost like I had too much to say. And I think that's a sign of a good book, right? It was like, you really are passionate. Like you're not running out of things to talk about. There's so many more routes you can go down. Um, so word counts were the death of me. <laughs> Chapter deadlines were the absolute hardest because like I said, like I was just holding a lot in my plate. And so I think if I could rewind time, which I can't, 
But if I write a second book or a third book or other books, um, I will be more conscientious to like scale back on things. I think it's hard when you're a type A person and someone that actually like I thrive on being busy. I thrive on checklists and to-do lists. Like I work better under pressure. So it did work for me, but I think I'd always dreamed of like a writing retreat or going to somewhere beautiful at like a lake house or, you know, something that is just serene and you can focus on it. And that was not my story. That was very much like I was giving so, so much and I'm so, so proud of myself. And um, in future books, I want to extend a little bit more kindness in terms of how I, I do my writing retreats or schedule out clients and, you know, things like that. Um, and then the revisions, the revisions are hard. I would submit chapters every two weeks and within two days, my editor would respond with edits and feedback. And you don't make those edits at that point. At least that's the process I did was review the edits, get that feedback to really guide your next deadline. And then after you submit all your chapters, then you spend about a week doing all of your revisions. And so my goodness, like it is so hard because there's parts of you that want to listen to feedback and parts of you that are like, mm, but I don't think that's a good idea. Or, you know, just really being a perfectionist or being someone that really cares and wants to put your best foot forward. Like this is not just a paper someone's going to read, like someone's going to buy this and I want to be proud of it and um, trying to pour that heart and hustle into it. So that's kind of the process. It was a really accelerated three-month writing process. I am really proud to say that this book is going to come out in September and it's going to be in Barnes and Noble and Target and Amazon and all the other places. And it honestly feels like a dream come true. Like I remember some of my favorite memories as a kid was going to Barnes and Noble and just spending hours there reading and falling in love with books and characters. And it feels really just, it makes me want to cry. It feels just really full circle and really beautiful. And I don't remember if I said this at the beginning, I think I spoke into it on a different episode, but I had dreamed of writing a book on body image for years now, ever since I became a therapist. Like I went to grad school knowing I wanted to specialize in eating disorders and body image, which is a story for another day. But I had even, I think three years ago or four years ago, created a writing retreat for myself in Palm Springs and started working on a proposal for a book on body image. And then I put that on pause. The pandemic happened. I had a baby. I launched a couple businesses. And then I heard from this publishing company. So it feels really meaningful. It's not just a book about a topic. It's a book about a passion. It's a book about kind of my life work of being a therapist that specializes in this. And it feels really meaningful and really scary and really vulnerable um, to bring it into the world, but I'm very proud of it. And I can't wait for you to read it. If I had to sum up our time today, as I kind of reflect on what the process was like, I think some of these things you can relate to it. Like I said, it felt like a marathon, especially the end. It felt like I reached mile 20. I was out of energy. I felt like I didn't want to do this anymore. If you've run a race like this, you know, like your body is able, but your mind needs to be like really believing in yourself. And there were times where I felt exhausted. I felt like I got feedback that felt critical. And I felt like, am I even in, like, is my voice important? Or am I the best person to do this? Or do I even have time or energy anymore? I could feel like I've given everything. And so in that sense, it felt like a marathon. It felt like a, a decision. Like when you run a marathon, at least for me, when I have, um, you have to focus on each step. You don't focus on the end. You do in terms of envisioning yourself crossing the finish line. Like that's really important. 
So I would envision myself finishing the manuscript and submitting it, but I couldn't always look at the full manuscript because it was too overwhelming how much I needed to get done. I had to just focus on one writing, you know, word count at a time, one chapter at a time, one lesson at a time, one exercise at a time. And also to really be my own biggest fan. Like that's something that I learned was like writing a book is so lonely. Like it's empowering, it's invigorating. Like there was times I would be alone with my thoughts and writing and feeling like so alive and so passionate. And other times where I was just like, I am so in my head. I am so depleted. I don't have anyone to brainstorm with this with. Like I could brainstorm with my editor every week, but not in the capacity I needed. And I could tell my husband about it or I could tell a best friend about it, but they couldn't do it for me. They couldn't write the book for me. They couldn't be my inner compass or my inner grit. And so there was a lot I learned about myself as a human. Like I learned like, gosh, I am resilient. I am able to do this and juggle toddlerhood and juggle businesses and um, drop the ball. Like I dropped the ball a lot. I, um, if you don't follow her, you should. Daniel is amazing. And she has a podcast I always really get value from called The Entrepreneurial Therapist. And she spoke into a piece on a recent episode that I really resonated with, which was like, intentionally dropping the ball. And so that being, for example, I knew, Hey, I, I usually like to cook. I love cooking. And my husband knew like, I'm not going to at all be in charge of that during these next couple months, or he needed to step up more with times with my daughter or to do things in hours and times that he wouldn't normally, um, we had to shift roles or I had to drop the ball and say, you know what? I am not going to, the laundry is going to be overflowing and that's okay. Or, you know, different things are going to happen and that's okay. Or not happen. Like the house is going to be a disaster and that's okay. And when you give yourself permission like that, and this is what Danielle spoke into in her podcast is like, your brain isn't like beating yourself up about it or being hard on yourself. It's like you chose that and you're not feeling bad about seeing the pile on the ground or all the toys that we haven't picked up from playing yesterday. Um, that's not important in that moment or that season of that sprint. Um, so there was a lot of that and just a lot of just inner confidence, inner resilience, and having to really move through some of those fears. I would also compare it to, since most of you are listening are therapists, it felt like I was ugh, in the clinical exam. If you've taken the clinical exam, you studied for the clinical exam where it takes a certain type of grit and courage and resilience and just not giving upness. <laughs> and that's what it felt like. Like I even just remember the day I submitted my manuscript, like I was spending every last ounce of energy and time and heart on the edits, on the last few ideas, on the last few tweaks. And it was like a race for the clock and the time of being like literally every last minute I could spend, I was spending trying to improve it. And that's why I felt in my clinical exam, I used every single minute (laughs) and it still didn't feel like enough. And I felt like that with the writing process, like no matter how much time I devoted, it still never felt like enough. And maybe that's part of my personality type. Maybe that won't resonate for you, but it just required a certain type of emotional and physical giving of myself. And I feel that in my neck. I'm invested in a massage package. That was something I did to take care of myself was, you know, weekly massages to really honor the bodily impact of sitting in front of a computer. And especially since I see clients through telehealth, double the amount of time in front of a computer. Um, But also 
when I think of this process, so I said the marathon, the clinical exam, and the other piece, and I don't even know how to word this, is I haven't fully shared all of my story, but I had a pretty awful birth experience um, with a lot of birth trauma and also, you know, eventually had a postpartum anxiety through my postpartum journey and had to heal through that a lot. But what I would imagine how I felt, and this is so sad to even admit, but I think it's just really real, is the sense of relief that I got and the feeling of emotionally exhausted, physically gave all that I could, like completely gave my heart to birthing this book is how I imagine it should feel when you birth a baby. Like if you had a positive birth experience, I imagine the tears, the relief, the body, like my body just felt like the sense of just like, I can let go. And my heart and my brain, like everything kind of just got to give its one last push. And the joy and the just feeling proud and feeling completely shattered and exhausted, but so proud. I didn't really get that in my birth experience. And I know that other moms or other people that have birthed babies can resonate with. Um, It doesn't always turn out that way. Sometimes we have different lived experiences. And so um, not to shame my experience, but just to name it because it felt like, gosh, like this is a really beautiful birth experience that I feel really grateful for. And um, just that hybrid, like I said, of it being a marathon, of it being growing and raising and birthing a baby and um, the relief and the the amount of energy that it took with the clinical exam. So that's my journey. The manuscript is officially submitted and stay tuned. I will do other episodes with other guests and also share more of my journey. If you have questions about authoring a book, if you have questions about publishing companies versus self-publishing, I have a mini course that will be coming out hopefully summertime, but I'll stay in tune with myself and my values if that feels in alignment with my needs and a human level, but stay tuned because I will be, you know, supporting you all in different ways, or at least providing resources to support you if this is a goal of yours too. And if you're dreaming of a book, I just want to remind you that your voice matters, that even if there's books out there that already speak into that topic, you are the only person that can speak from your lens of experience, whether that's clinical experience or personal. And you should just begin, start blogging, create a social media account, start building an audience, start believing in yourself. And I'm cheering you on. And I believe that if you want to write a book, you can. And if you want support, I can cheer you on. Um, And thank you for truly being an incredible support and community. I felt so nourished and encouraged by the individuals in the the flourishing therapeutic community that have DM'd me, left me voice memos throughout the writing process, but have believed in me and have believed in the heartbeat of the flourishing therapeutic, which is you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a therapeneur, and you can pursue entrepreneurial endeavors like writing a book or like launching a podcast or, you know, building a course. And so thank you for believing in me. Thank you for listening. And I so value just who you are and you're part of this community. So thank you. Hi, Flourishing Therapreneurs. I wanted to hop on and share that our course Flourishing in Private Practice is coming spring 2022. 
if you are a pre-licensed student, trainee, associate, or even a licensed therapist that perhaps is either wanting to learn more about strengthening your private practice or curious to take the leap from agency to being your own boss. This course will walk you through all the steps from the basics of setting up your business structure, creating your brand, building your reputation in the field, and strengthening your systems to help your business flourish. This course is filled to the brim with tangible examples, templates, and structure to help your business thrive and for you to grow and flourish personally and professionally. This course will be open for enrollment for two weeks in the spring, and then we'll close until the fall for a second round of enrollment. If this is you and you're wanting in, go to our website at theflourishingtherapreneur.com to join our mailing list and to be the first to know when the doors open. We also have a free download on our website called 10 Steps to Starting a Private Practice, available for you today. So if you're wanting to get started sooner or dip your feet into the idea, don't wait another moment. I'm looking forward to continuing to grow and flourish together as therapists and entrepreneurs. As therapreneurs, let's go. Thank you for tuning in to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as that helps other clinicians and therapreneurs find our community and thrive through our offerings. Want to take your business a step further? Visit theflourishingtherapreneur.com or our Instagram with the same handle. Connect with our free community or sign up for an upcoming course to help cultivate your thriving business and endeavors so you can flourish personally and professionally. Until next time, I'm your host, Claire Blakey, and I believe you deserve to flourish as a therapreneur.